Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr, joined with Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and I'm Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, and I am Chickren on Tumblr. Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and I'm Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And Ashara. Hi, I'm Ashara, and you can find me at Ashara Starfall on Tumblr. Yay. Welcome, ladies. Um, we're going to be discussing... Uh, Game of Thrones, A Feast for Crows, um, Cersei's fourth chapter. Um, Song of Ice and Fire, not Game of Thrones. What did I say? You said a, you said a Game of Thrones, and then you said A Feast for Crows. Oh, I Sorry. just woke up. I'm just like, this is not a show episode. This is not a show episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just ate a potato and woke up. <laughs> okay. So, okay, spoilers, all books especially, <laughs> and uh, trigger warning for any potential violent, uh, and rape dis- violence and rape discussion. Um, so we begin the scene with uh, Cersei. She's collecting dwarf heads before she attends a small oh, council meeting, God. and she reports in, in the, the passage that three wretches bring her a dwarf's head, and they all prove not to be Tyrion's. Um, one in particular has a bulbous nose. So, pop quiz, who's this? This this is the dwarf that Brienne met. This in... is the sparrow. Yeah. He was He's nice, the one. Right? He was the yeah. one who survived uh, a monastery, I think, being attacked. I think he was the only one, or something like that, the only one who survived. And then he ended like this. It's just terrible. Bummer. And the worst part is, it's like, their description of Tyrion is so poor that people don't even know that Tyrion doesn't have a nose. It's like, what kind of wanted poster are you putting out? (laughs) (laughs) That's a key. That's a key tip-off right there. And she makes the comment, or the the thought that, you know, at least this one was a dwarf, the last one had just been an ugly child, Mm. and it's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's got no qualms about that. She's just annoyed that they're not doing it right. Well, she has half a qualm. She's like, tells him that she should kill them, these guys that killed this innocent man. But then she's like, oh, I don't want to make anyone hesitate to kill Tyrion if they find him. So, no, I can't say anything. I can't do anything to these guys. It's like, oh, <laughs> God. Oh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. That's well, because it's like, we'll get to a dance with dragons and we'll find out that Penny's brother was killed because uh... someone, you know, was trying to get this Tyrion bounty, you know, another another dwarf died. So it's just like, you can only imagine how many people died I never, in this quest for Tyrion. I totally forgot about that. Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, and it's like, why can't she just ask them to bring Tyrion in alive? Why does it need to be just his head? Like, I don't understand why we can't just bring people in live. Why does he have to be dead? Like, it, the whole orders are just like so unnecessary. It just doesn't need to be this way. Yeah, no. Anyway, so yeah, so the whole um, dwarf head business being dealt with um, for the day, Cersei heads off to the small council meeting with Kyburn in arm. 
And he's certainly taken her um, demands to change wardrobe to heart, hasn't he? He's wearing, like, yes. what, like a white robe. And they describe, like, golden whorls at the hems and sleeves. Like, he's fancy Kyburn. He cleans up. <laughs> he's, like, dressed like I'm pretty sure how she would approve. Clearly. And, yeah. He's also a bit of a Martha Stewart. He's decorated a lovely box of ebony and silver. <laughs> Like, why did you bother? <laughs> She's like, I don't care. He's <laughs> just in the, he's into crafting. What's wrong with that? <laughs> you tried. <laughs> it's, it was such a funny detail, though. Like, he put the thought to make a fancy box for the mountain's head that will be returned so, to Prince Doran. <laughs> so, what is the deal with this? Can everybody explain? Because I, I did Google and I forgot. Like, so, <laughs> wait, they put somebody else's head on. <laughs> Oh, the body? I forgot about that. Is that really his head, or is this someone else's head? I think it's his head. (laughs) I don't think there's there's a head underneath there. So Clyburn achieved a full body head transplant. That's pretty Well, there's speculation about that, yeah. There there is occasionally some speculation that it may have been another skull that uh, Kyburn has kind of subbed in for for Gregor's skull, uh, skull, but it's very clear that Gregor has died before this chapter. Okay, so either and way. So it, yeah, well, he's not screaming anymore, um, and then someone else says that he, or asks if he died, and Cersei lets right. on like he's died, but it's very clear that there's kind of something that Cersei's holding back. You can see that there's something she's not saying about about Gregor, and she clearly knows something there. So, okay. yeah, the, the theories run to either that 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 whatever Sir Robert Strong is, he may have a head of one of the women that has been sent to Kyber. Oh, wow. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You hear a lot of really crazy theories about whose head may be on his There's body. There's no so. way. I don't think, I don't think so. Oh, you need little, that'd be really weird looking. It would be, be interesting. M- yeah. yeah. It would be much no, easier to put a deep. About it. I mean, the guy's so huge that whose head could you substitute <laughs> for his? Like, do yeah. know that that's not the real head? Grayling. Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> Although they completely strip the head when he talks about giving it to the beetles, like yeah, that's they true. completely strip it back to the skull. So you, if they could find someone the same size as Gregor, which granted would be tough to do, um, you know, maybe they re- could get away with it. In real life, like I'm guessing, or not that maesters are real life, but like in real life now, you, can, I know people who can look at a skull and who can go, okay, that's a five foot four female African American. Yeah. I mean, they. Mm-hmm. They know that, and I'm guessing they're probably maesters who would be able to look and go, yeah, that is so not the head of, you know. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Hmm. Well, if, There's if, definitely something fishy. If Frank yeah. and Gregor had, like, if crack theory, if he had, if it was somebody else's head, what's, like, the worst head you could think of? Oh, God, did they take, who did they take down there? Well, they didn't take long. Wasn't no, it a uh, 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 bronze sister-in-law? Well, she, yeah, I don't think ah. that. Well, Kyburn doesn't have her yet, so mm-hmm. he will have her later. But you know, there ha- I have seen theories that that Gregor has Rob's head. That's a theory that has uh, has gone uh, around. I mean, I think people just think about heads that are floating around that could be on Gregor's. <laughs> what about Tywin? He doesn't oh, like. God. He doesn't. Oh, he thinks she'll like it, and then she's like, "What the oh, fuck." <laughs> His eyes glowing. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> oh. oh my god. That's truly the thing nightmares are made of. Right. Right. And it would come from my brain. <laughs> that would be cool though. 
Okay. So um, we learned Kybern has replaced Varys as the Master of Whispers, and uh, it's much to Pycelle's objections, of course. Um, Cersei has cleaned house, and the small council is made up of men of her choosing. We have Orton Merriweather, (laughs) who's the Justicar, Giles Rosby's treasurer, Orain Waters um, is the Grand Admiral, and Sir Harris Swift is the Hand. Okay, uh, can we first of all talk about the fact that she doesn't even want to use the old naming convention for their positions. Yeah. Like, she wants a total new thing, and then she's picked the worst possible people she could get. (laughs) Yeah. And for the stupidest reasons. Like, her hand, she's got on there because he's Kevin's father-in-law, and he can be a hostage that way. That's exactly who you want to be your right-hand person. Right. (laughs) I mean, to her credit, Grand Admiral does sound better than Master of Ships. This is true, but... <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you know Rain Waters thinks so. <laughs> That's a good point. But I absolutely agree. I mean, she's, she's so desperate to have a council that's full of people who aren't going to question her, who aren't going to betray her in quotation marks because, you know... They they are able to, but she thinks that they won't because she thinks that her power or her family name or her position is going to protect her from that. And she's focused on getting these guys who aren't going to question her instead of getting these guys who are actually going to do their jobs or who know what the hell is going on because they yeah. don't. They have no idea what the hell is going on with the with the city, with the crown's finances, or anything. Well, and she's so proud of, of she's so proud of picking people who are incompetent for their positions, like with Harris <laughs> Swift. She's yeah. pretty impressed that she got an idiot for hand, and it's like, oh, Cersei, no, like, what she are you doing? She's so clever. She's like, ha, I got him, and he was so happy to get the job. He didn't realize that he was hostage. It's yeah. like, God, it's like, of course not. Why would he? <laughs> What? And she has this moment where she says something like she had um, gotten rid of all the Tyrells and then she said she got rid of everyone who was beholden to her uncle and then she says brothers, plural. So it's like she won't even accept anyone who might be loyal to Jamie at this Mm. point. Like that is how far gone she is. And every decision she makes that has disaster, like in glitter and neon all over it, she's (laughs) so proud of every move she makes. And it's like the deli- oh, it's it's hysterical. They're really funny to read. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is a really funny council meeting. I mean, for council meeting, this is pretty funny. I mean, the whole chapter is pretty much a meeting, and yet we're so entertained yeah. by it. That's pretty damn good writing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have Orton Merriweather asking if Tolman would be joining them, and Cersei informs them that no, his idea of kingship is stamping papers. And she also tells him that Jamie won't be attending either. He's getting fitted for a new hand. Uh, Cersei adds that he'll find the proceedings just as tiresome as Toman. And it's like, wow, she's really dimish- diminishing Jamie so flippantly here, isn't she? But I love that yeah. because later on, she's the one who's daydreaming about Rhaegar or whatever. Because he's yeah. <laughs> talking about the high, the high sparrow, the high septon. It's like, dude, you, you're you're also bored by this crap. Come on. Oh yeah, she's oh, staring yeah. at uh, Orain Waters and just yeah, <laughs> wondering if he'd shave for her. You know. Oh yes, the beard. She can't stand beard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so they drink wine and they start the meeting. And first on the agenda is Sir Gregor's head being sent to Dorne. Um, Sir Balin Swan is being sent there um, to Sunspear to take it to the prince. He has another task as well. And like, I'm thinking, oh God, I wish Balon Swan had been in season five. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, sparrows have, um, agenda, agenda item number two, sparrows have flocked to the city. Um, they're preaching doom and demon worship. The, the discussion switches to who is in contention to be the next High Septon. Cersei gets bored and starts eyeing up Arain Waters uh, and his resemblance to Rhaegar. His eyes, his facial hair. He's younger, but he she can tell he totally wants it. <laughs> I love this. Right. I really love this. I know. <sighs> she She's like, oh, he totally wants to do me. <laughs> It just makes you wonder, like, is he just a good flirt? Does he is he actually interested? It's so hard to know because it's coming through the Cersei filter, and you know she's like, she's convinced everybody's after her. Um, it's, it's kind well, of, and it's she kind started of... the drinking too, you know. Oh yeah, that's true. Because they mentioned the cups, like he real refilled her glass cup. He refilled her cup, so she's well, you know. Yeah. Well, the first great. question she has is, "Where's the wine?" <laughs> <laughs> she, she starts yeah. it out right. She's probably yeah. been drinking all day. Jamie, blah blah blah. Where's the wine? And, and I got to admit, I hate committee meetings as much right? as the next person, and many would be improved by wine. But you know what? I'm not leading a country. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it, it would be amazing but to have a know, wine. One thing that really caught my my attention about this like daydream she has with Orion Waters is that you read it and it's not like she thinks he's particularly hot or that she wants to bang him. Like she's just like bathing in the knowledge that he wants to do her. Like she doesn't even want to do him. Really? She just wants to be She just wants to be wanted. She wants to be wanted. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Of course, but it's so, I don't know. Narcissistic. Narcissistic, (laughs) of course. Uh, So Cersei is unconcerned by the sparrows in the capital. She thinks, well, that's the faith's problem, not mine. Paisal brings out a letter of declaration signed by several lords of the Vale. Um, They plan to forcefully remove Littlefinger as Lord Protector if need be. And Cersei instructs Paisal to send a letter letting the lords know that no harm is to come f- to Peter. But the, but they can go ahead and decide on its governance. And then there was oh. this little bit with Littlefinger's letter where oh, he yeah. asks about Robert's old tapestries. What, yeah. the, what the fuck's this about? I know, I wanted to know, what is the theory behind that? I, <laughs> I found, like, an ancient Reddit thread that had, uh-huh. like, all these conspiracy theories and how it's how he's going to prove... It's a more of a visual for the uh, why Robert's kids are certainly not Tommen and Marcella, but I don't know. It, but it seemed odd, and it comes up later on in the books when, on the other end, when Littlefinger's talking about Cersei's sending him tapestries, and he does not seem well. He does seem like a man who would care about decor, but mm. I don't know. There's something I started to it. thinking in like family history. Like, um, what's this movie called? National Treasure. Like oh, maybe yeah. there's like a treasure map hidden he in the tap. Sewed something in the back, know. or this <laughs> that would be so funny. Well, 
Yeah, no, there, I've I've seen those theories too, Com, about the it possibly being that there it's an it's an illustration of Baratheon's generations in the past, mm-hmm. and that he could use it as proof that you know Tommen isn't isn't a Baratheon. But it's going to be, I mean, by the time he would get these tapestries, I would think they would be worthless for that cause. So I'm not really sure. There there is something going on with the tapestries. I don't know. And how weird that she doesn't even think anything suspicious. That she's just like, oh, Littlefinger wants some well, tapestries. Like it's so. Well, in her defense, Maybe. that would be the last thing I'd be worried about would be sending him, well I don't know why I'd be sending him anything but yeah. well and maybe I mean there's a chance he's trying to reinforce his you know it kind of th- this aura that he gives off of being non-threatening like you know asking Cersei for, for tapestries would number one make it clear he's planning to stay in the veil he's decorating there things like that <laughs> And it's it's you know a very innocuous thing. It's it's you know it's he's asking her for something so that she wouldn't be suspicious that he's not asking for anything, and it's something mm. that she can do without having to think about it. So there there is an aspect there that it could be that he's just being clever and and making her think you know you know that he's he's completely should be off her radar at the moment, which she does. You know she's basically putting out him on ice. She's going to let this whole veil situation kind of resolve itself. Well, it's kind of the same thing that she did with the faith thing. She's just like. Well, we'll just yeah. let it resolve itself. You know, oh, there are 2,000 sparrows in the city. Oh, well, we'll just let it resolve itself, and I don't have to get involved, and, and I don't she, have to I mean, think about it. And her and her Joffrey pretty much hated anything Baratheon style. They kind of redid everything. So, I mean, I can imagine her not giving a be like, oh, yeah, sure, take this crap, you know, kind of attitude. So. Well, she yeah. did. But, you know, it's those kids all identified, I mean, even now, they always identified as Baratheons. Well, didn't Joffrey, like, redo the throne room or something he didn't yeah, like? Well, I don't was, know. But I mean, the children have always, they don't, I mean, it's Cersei who's doing all that Lannister crap all the time. Uh, That's true. I I think they, well, Joffrey's dead now. So what he thinks is kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, she's definitely the ringleader. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I really feel, well, if it is something like cracky, like some sort of conspiracy theory, it's a small detail that's going to get lost, and it would be stupid to be bringing that in now, but then we've... George has a hard time reining himself in, so who knows? It, it could be something like that, I guess. <laughs> now it's on my list, like Hodor's background. I want to know what this damn tapestry right. I need to know. <laughs> if anyone else has any ideas, yeah, write us. Yeah. Write us. Hosador <laughs> and at gmail.com. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Orain Waters brings up their need to restore their ships, and Orton Merriweather suggests an alliance with the Ironmen. Cersei doesn't like uh, the idea, wants their own ships. Lord Giles, Master of Coin, hacks and coughs up, no, not enough money. And Cersei is wondering if she made a mistake by not going with Garth the Gross. She's getting really annoyed by his coughing. <laughs> Cersei oh. informs them that she has decided not to pay her debts just yet to the Holy Faith or the Iron Bank. They can wait. <laughs> I love that Pycelle is, well, I never really liked him. I mean, I always thought he was a creepy pedophile kind of nasty dude. But in this scene, you, you feel for the guy because he's sitting there going, what are you doing? And he keeps trying to go, no. Bad idea. He's one of the well, you can tell he, he's torn because he's been such a kiss ass to the Lannisters his whole life. He like doesn't even know how to assert himself with her. <laughs> like he can't even begin to assert himself. I mean, it's like he's just like, no, no, no. What are you doing? <laughs> and the rest were just like, but, oh yeah. 
I love this. I love this little this little bit because you know, this chapter is giving you so much information about the bigger story, and it's one of the chapters that kind of you know satisfies a little bit of the taste that you needed that you weren't getting for some of the characters who were missing from Feast. Um, you know, we we touch in on. Uh, you know, John and and we talk, there's even like a glimpse of Danny in this and, you know, there's talking about Tyrion and stuff. But the th- one of the things that I love in this little section is where they're talking about the Ironborn. And it's like no one at this council table even knows who any of Balon's kids are besides Theon. And I'm like, oh my god, this is like one of the seven kingdoms. You don't fucking know who the ruling family is. And then Cersei will at the same time turn around and be like, oh, well, somebody should know this bit of history or something, you know, and they're stupid for not knowing. And it's like, oh my god, you don't even know who the current major families are. What is wrong with (laughs) you? Ah, they're just dirty pirates. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, she ultimately tells Lord Waters to build his ships. So digging herself into some more debt. Uh, Sir Harris brings up Walder Frey and the rumors that the crown might somehow be um, complicit in Lord Walder's crimes. Cersei seems, again, unconcerned. Kyburn suggests that if someone um, were punished, it could mollify the North. Cersei supposes when Walder dies, his heirs will offer up inconvenient half-brothers, cousins, and scheming sisters. So, again, it'll take care of itself. (laughs) Oh, God. The talk turns to Stannis, and the possibility has hired the Golden Company. Um, Cersei assures them that they are making for Volantis, not Westeros. Grandmaster Pycelle mentions Lord Janus and his reports that Stannis might be making common cause with the wildlings. Cersei thinks that it is desperate and foolish. Northmen hate wildlings. Mm. Oh, God. She also thinks that she's lucky that it's Stannis who won over Renly. And it's like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, right. Somebody with that kind of military prowess. That's who you want as an opponent, Cersei. And this thing with the Golden Company, is that... I mean, That's are they who, going to Volantis? That's not true, is it? I think they are going to Volantis. They're with Aegon, and they will be invading Westeros, you know, by the time we get into to dance. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they are a threat. She just doesn't realize from what, from what corner. And this is a really good example of where her, you know, information system is, is breaking down. I mean, this is something, the whole Aegon threat is something that she should have been getting informed about, like even at this point, and she's not, you know, it's just the movement of the golden company, but it's, it's funny how <clears throat> in this chapter, it's like, she's like, Oh, I don't need to pay the iron bank. What are they going to do? They're going to wait. And then she moves on to Stannis and she's, she's saying, Oh, here's what Stannis's situation is. You know, Lord Bolton can take, can take care of him. What can Stannis do? What armies and everything? It's like, Oh, well, you're literally describing the iron bank and how you're not going to pay them and it's like that's exactly how Stannis is going to be able to put an army together you know Mm -hmm. she just can't seem to put these little pieces together they're all there the information is there for her if she would just kind of gather them up and like stack things up the right way it's it's almost painful with some of this stuff because she does learn about everything all of the information is coming to her in feast that she needs to to maybe dig herself out of her mess but she just doesn't even know she's in a mess to begin with well and you know, it's it always struck me because she's very clever in the first book, like and even the second book. I mean, how she's getting her son to power, how she's getting rid of Robert. She's not stupid, 
But it's like she's decided that she's now at a point where she doesn't have to mess around with any of this stuff anymore and she doesn't need to care or worry. Well, she thinks she's entitled to yeah. to not only be obeyed but be respected and and so it it is affecting her ability to understand how things work. But the other thing is, you know, and and when Tyrion talks about her having a low cunning, I think what he means is, you know, when she's concentrating on kind of one thing, she can do fine. You know, if she has one thing she needs to work her way out of, she can kind of deal with it. But at this point, I mean, like, that's such a breadth of things that she has. To, there are so many little things you kind of have to keep your fingers in every pie when you're you're in control of an entire, you know, country mm-hmm. like this. Westeros yeah. is huge. And imagine trying to manage something like this with, you know, basically medieval technology. I mean, it would be almost impossible if you weren't completely on top of everything. And Boy, she's just not, a... she's not connecting things either, which yeah, is another big problem. Yeah. Or you had a strong I'm... team, which you've already brought yeah. up. She does yeah. not because she's put exactly. dum-dums in place. Yeah. Well, and she, she doesn't get the point out really blind spots. Either. What was that? <sighs> and also she doesn't believe in diplomacy either. Yeah. And she thinks that all that's beneath her. She thinks that, this is, there's this quote, she says, this is how an enemy should be dealt with, with a dagger, not a declaration. Mm-hmm. Like, it, no, Cersei. And she doesn't the- even get the point of why she needs the team. Yeah. Like, she really doesn't under- seem to, like, have it in her to fathom the whole point of having this council. It's not just, yeah, you want people who are loyal to you. You don't want people who are going to be actively plotting against you, but... You know, they're there to be, but she, she's such a narcissist at this point that she can't even make that leap. Well, and what's funny with her is when she judges people, she either judges them as someone who is scheming against her or who's working for someone who's scheming against her or as too stupid to worry about. She basically categorizes people one of two ways. And so you have like Harris Swift, and I think she kind of puts a rain waters in this category where it's like, oh, they're not anything I need to worry about because they're too stupid to figure out how to, like, come after me, you know? And, you know, it's like, we know what will happen later with Orion Waters and stuff, and and it's like, you know, no, not everybody is stupid just because you don't realize that they're intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that no clue about, uh, what's her name, Tana and and the husband there who are taking her for everything they can. I know, and it's such a contrast because Jamie's such a good reader of people, and she just got none of that. It's <laughs> the exact well, opposite. What's weird is she's not a terrible reader of people. It's just that she doesn't bother to fully read some people. She takes kind of a, a cursory read and then moves on. And it's like if she really wants to concentrate, she can kind of figure out this is their position, this is probably what they want, or this is probably this or that, if she applies herself to that. Yeah. But she just so quickly dismisses people as one thing or another. Yeah, I mean, she got as Marjorie. As either threat and, or non-threat. Yeah, she got Marjorie and Elena pegged pretty well, better than anyone else, I think. So I think there's Yeah, but the thing is, that. is they don't have to be... You know, she wants to see them as a threat. She wants to get rid of them. But, you know what, they work within a system. They're They don't have to be the threat she's she's trying to make them out to be. Yeah, like, she has people, she could have yeah. put, um, what's his name, um, Sam's father there, Randall, on the as the hand, and it would have been fine. She didn't want to do that, you know, because right, he had the yeah. connection to, to the Tyrells. But he would have done the job, and, you know, you keep an eye on these people. I doubt Tywin was, you know, 
ever entirely comfortable with um, Varys Littlefinger Pycelle, but, you know, you let these people do what they're supposed to do. You give them enough reward to keep them in line, and there's always that threat of punishment. But she, it's like she just can't be bothered to make that that leap. It's not even a leap. It's it's just common. I don't sense. know what it is. <laughs> it's it's just that she's such a narcissist that anyone who tells her what she wants to hear is automatically in, and she doesn't. She doesn't try to see past that, I guess. No, she just wants yes men. She wants to run the show into the ground. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> so talk turns to the Northern Lords, and uh, they're aiding Roose Bolton, uh, Roose Bolton's bastard, to clear Moat Kaelin. Uh, Pycelle wonders if the Northern Lords can be trusted, especially Wyman Manderly. Cersei calls him fat but stubborn. He refuses to bend the knee until his heir um, held prisoner at Harrenhal be returned. Um, if the mountain has killed him, they will send him the heads of those who killed him. Ooh. I love how she thinks that's just going to make everybody happy. She's like, oh, Duran will be happy with this skull. I'll just send Wyman Manderley the heads of, of these guys and say that they killed his son. And that, no worries. Nobody needs ahead. to worry. You got you some heads. Ahead. <laughs> you get ahead. And you get Simple. ahead. A lot of heads in this chapter. Uh, we learn that Stannis has sent his uh, onion knight to treat with Lord Manderley. Cersei agrees with Kyburn that Manderley should be instructed to kill the traitor. Um, if he refuses, they'll kill his son. Cersei gets quite passionately angry as the topic turns to Sansa Stark. And I actually flagged this one, so... <laughs> Um, your grace has forgotten the Lady Sansa, said Pycelle. The queen bristled. I most certainly have not forgotten that little she-wolf. She refused to say the girl's name. I ought to have shown her to the black cells as the daughter of a traitor, but instead I made her part of my own household. She shared my hearth and hall, played with my own children. I fed her, dressed her, tried to make her a little less ignorant about the world. And how did she repay me for my kindness? She helped murder my son. When we find the imp, we will find the Lady Sansa too. She's not dead. But before I am done with her, I promise you, she will be singing to the stranger, begging for his kiss. An awkward silence followed. Have they all swallowed their tongues? Cersei thought with irritation. Imagine their en- faces. <laughs> it was enough to make her wonder why she bothered with a council. <laughs> this is what I she wants input on. Up straight faces. I mean, I'd be gaping open mouth at that. They probably were. <laughs> I mean, you just think of them. You think of them just like thinking about like you know thirteen year old Sansa and going, uh huh. She's really <laughs> She's you so were real compassionate when you let your kids strip her naked and beat her. Yeah, that's totally right. why she should be loyal. Oh, my God. So nice. That's amazing. Uh, Jon Snow is mentioned. Cersei is not a fan. Uh, there's this lovely line about Catelyn Tully was a mouse. She should have smothered him in his sleep. Oof. Cersei would have needed a lot of pillows is all I'm going to say. <laughs> cold <laughs> there's this interesting that's so messed up but that paragraph is so interesting because at first she's talking about how robert was like he wanted to put one of his bastards in the royal court and then he hit her and gave her a bruise and you're oh, almost like yeah. oh oh and then she threatened to kill of his, yeah. shit. and then she's like she should have killed him yeah and then she threatened to kill his member she uh he wanted to bring his uh 
his daughter, and I guess that would have been what it Maya. Yeah, Maya is yeah. What I always assumed. Yeah, and then she threatened to kill. Like, oh my goodness. Well, and it's <laughs> snuck in there, but he wants he gets the you know, and he's never Robert is not exactly father of the year, but he gets the idea yeah. to do that after Joffrey has slit open the belly oh, of yes. the cat. Okay, yeah. 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 So clearly he knows somewhere deep down that man knew something was not right with his kid. Well, or the guy he yeah. th- thought yeah. it was his kid, yeah. but she's deep like... Down. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to dig well, very... Didn't he, didn't he hit Joffrey after the cat thing, too? I think he hit Joffrey, yeah. too. I think he so. Beat him and up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was... It's just, it's just like the prime example of everything that is wrong <laughs> in that marriage because it's like Joffrey <laughs> kills a cat, a pregnant cat Ugh. for no reason. Ugh. Robert hits him. Cersei gets mad and I think hits Robert. Robert hits her. She threatens <laughs> to kill Robert's other kids. I mean, it's just like, it's such a nightmare. Like it just like never ends. It's a case study on people who should not be parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right there. A lot of the book is actually. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. Nobody in a medieval world. <laughs> a lot of winners in it. <laughs> Uh, so Cersei accuses Jon Snow of feeding and housing Stannis, and it's obvious he's a traitor like his father. And then uh, Kybrin suggests they send 100 men to the wall as uh, Jon Snow requests. Cersei picks up on what Kyburn's throwing down, and it's obvious with the intent to remove him from command. Well, and I love how I love how she's getting you know these reports from Janice Lynn. So she's already got you know kind of a, a, a mole in Jon's camp, and you're seeing this, and it's like you know when you know from Jon's chapters the struggle that he has with his Stannis situation and how he's trying to somehow make it all work and and be you know impartial and yet at the same time do these things, and how she just writes him off as a traitor, and you know what Jon's actual struggle with it is. It's just like oh god, if you only you know would work with him. And then, you know, someone points out to her rightly, um, you know, the Night's Watch have been asking for men for forever. And maybe if we did that, they'd be more loyal to us. And it's like, uh, yeah, duh, maybe they would be. Was that Clyburn? Wasn't that Clyburn? Was he the one that? Yeah. Might have been Clyburn. Yeah. Yeah. Smart guy. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Well, he's not dumb. (laughs) No. And he's also the one who suggests, you know, somebody's like, oh, we'll just keep all the men we would have sent up there. And, Kyburn's like, no, 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 we then, and then that way we'll swell the numbers, and and we will we will have a voting stake basically in the Night's Watch, and it's like, oh, that's pretty intelligent. But again, Kyburn manages to present this in a way that is palatable to Cersei. He's mm-hmm. really clever with the way that he pre- presents these ideas that he has. Kyburn, you no know, hand. It's also <laughs> though, it's also like a very. I don't know if you know much about clinical narcissism, but it's like that sort of like they pick favorites. Yeah. And you're on top, you're on top, you're on top until you're not. Mm -hmm. So he's not only he's smart, he knows how to present the stuff in a non-threatening way that's palatable to her. But he's also riding the coat, you know, the crest of that wave. But there's going to come a point. Well, I mean, it, it would be if we didn't know what was going on, you know, where he's on the bottom because that's how they work. Well, it's the concept of the golden child with a narcissist and it can extrapolate out into other relationships, but it's very much what her situation was with Joffrey as opposed to say Tommen. It's why she liked Joffrey so much more than Tommen. It's Mm. narcissists tend to do this thing where they have kind of a golden child and then they have kind of like a scapegoat child. And you know, the family's bigger than more than that. 
Oh, that's awful. Okay, which we we may uh, go into more of that discussion on the Lannister family episode. (laughs) More on that later. (laughs) Okay, so to end the meeting, Orain Waters mentions rumors from the East of Dragons, and Cersei kind of just scoffs. Uh, when Cersei returns to her quarters, she asks for Dorcas, <laughs> that's her name, <laughs> Dorcas, uh, to fetch Sir Osney Kettleblack. Sir Osney arrives, Cersei dismisses her ladies, then gets groped. <laughs> Cersei gropes yeah. back and attempts to seduce, seduce Sir Osney into betting Marjorie. Osney is reluctant to say the <laughs> least, and uh, Cersei wants to send him to the wall after the deed is done so he can kill Jon Snow. She promises him a pardon, pardon and a lordship. Um, well, if he isn't killed first, she thinks in her head. <laughs> Osney Ugh. is warming up to the plan. Cersei kisses him and asks if he will dream of her when he is inside Marjorie. He swears he will. God. How romantic. And uh, Cersei is quite pleased with her scheming. I have, like, another one marked. I don't know what it is. I marked this four weeks ago. (laughs) After he was gone, Cersei summoned Jocelyn to brush her hair out while she slipped off her shoes and stretched like a cat. I was made for this, she told herself. (laughs) It was the sheer elegance of it that pleased her most. Even Mace Tyrell would not dare defend his darling daughter if she was caught in the act with the likes of Osney Kettleblack. And neither Stannis Baratheon nor Jon Snow would have cause to wonder why Osney was being sent to the wall. She would see to it that Sir Osmond was the one to discover his brother with the little queen. That way, the loyalty of her own two Kettleblacks need not be impugned. If father could only see me now, he would be so quick to speak of marrying... He wouldn't be so quick of, to speak of marrying me off again. A pity he's so dead. Him and Robert, John Eyre and Ned Stark, Renly Baratheon, all dead. Only Tyrion remains, <laughs> and not for long. <laughs> she is and so much fun. <laughs> so if I was filming this, there'd be like side shot to Tywin doing somersaults in his grave, Ned probably <laughs> laughing hysterically. I mean, uh, Ned would be just shaking his head solemnly. <laughs> This reminds me of, do you guys remember, I don't know if you guys uh, from the U.S. remember, there were these cruise ship commercials that Kathy Lee Gifford did with this song, If They Could See Me Now. She's like twirling around on the deck of this cruise ship going, if they could see me now. (laughs) That's exactly what (laughs) she's Oh, oh, if only they could see how amazing I am at this. We might need a YouTube link, Chicky. (laughs) Yes. Uh, that could be attached to the posting on Tumblr. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, Cersei asked Taina to start dropping hints to Marjorie that she has an admirer, and Taina Merriweather guesses correctly that it is Sir Osney. Um, Cersei has a girls' night in with Taina, and they drink <laughs> wine, get drunk, and talk men. That night, Cersei dreams of Tyrion's head being brought to her in the dream. She has it bronzed and put in a chamber pot. Oh, God. Well, she's good with a visual. you got to give her that. <laughs> you know, when people talk about these, the last two books being bloated and, and not worth reading, you know, there's, there's something to that, but i got to tell you, this stuff is comedy gold. Right? <laughs> right? Cersei brings the comedy gold. Well, I mean, so much happens here. I mean, 
she's setting up this scheme, you know, this, this is her setting up her, you know, quote unquote, takedown of Marjorie, this whole concept of the Osney Kettleblack, you know, scheming. And it's just like, oh my God, Cersei, it's like, you slept with this guy. How can you not <laughs> see how this could go sharply awry on you? You know, I mean, like, why doesn't she, re- like, does she expect that he'll be loyal, that he would never divulge this? You know, it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, she isn't suspicious when she should be. And it's like, you should suspect that this may not work out with this guy like that, you know? Well, and he's not exactly enthused. I mean, even in her delusion, she can tell he's not loving this plan. Hmm. I mean, so she should be thinking this is probably not a smart move to say, hey, you know, and move on to something else. Yeah, that's a lot to trust. I mean, she's just trusting people who, I mean, I feel like anybody looking at the situation would think, these people really, like, what are the chances they're going to go through with everything that they're promising her? You know, these things. Um, ugh. Uh, slim. God. I mean, what was she, if she had been bo- born poor, like, is she just a troublemaker because she has the opportunity? Would she have just been doing, like, I just think about it. Like, if she didn't have the life she did, would she still be, like, mucking up like her? Like, would well, she I just think be controlling? <laughs> Hartley is born that way, but, I mean, <sighs> yeah, you gotta wonder. Of all the people to have that kind of position, you know, it's just the worst. Well, it's just like it was with Joffrey. It's like, oh, this is absolute person who should have absolute power. <laughs> well, that's and the problem with hereditary monarchy. Yes, it <laughs> is. Yes, it very much is. <laughs> but you kind of, I mean, at the same time, you just kind of have to admire that, that Cersei is doing Cersei. I mean, like, she is embracing life and she is scheming. Mm-hmm as she loves to scheme. I mean, clearly she just loves, I mean, she relishes every minute of this. I mean, you can't say she didn't get to really enjoy herself in Feast. I mean, she is loving it. Her time in the sun. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's going to bring us to the end of the chapter discussion. Um, Did anyone gather up the mail for this week? (laughs) I usually ask before Uh, we record. I don't think anyone did. Womp womp. Fail on us. So expect double mailbag next week, kids. There you go. (laughs) What we can talk about is Kama's episode. We had to reschedule it, and it's going to be the Lannister family dynamics. So we have had a ton of questions come in through the Tumblr mostly. So thank you to everybody who's been sending those in, and we'll gladly take more. Is there anything you're looking for specifically, Kama? Um... Hang on while I check, because I was bad. Uh, I wasn't thinking I'd be asked to do this. Well, no, I, I got a nice uh, selection of questions, um, some of which were a little more um, in-depth than others. Um, hang on, I'm looking. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, anything, you know what? Do, do you feel just, like you got just, enough questions about, like, Tywin's sex life? Do you want more of yeah, those Yeah, I think of we're good with Tywin. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, if anyone has any questions, let's say about like Joanna, um, I saw the extended get... family would be interesting too. Because mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of them and some of them do get play. Um, how the, yeah, those kinds of things would be great. So like Jarian and Jenna. Yeah, and uh, Kevin and Ticket. Yeah, okay. Very good. Anyway, keep them coming. And any questions in general, we like those too. Um, you can send those to us at close the door and at gmail.com. 
You can follow us on Tumblr, close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Support us on Patreon, please. You get episodes early. Um, like and review us on iTunes. Um, that's it, I think. Yep. So that, that's it. Thank you for doing a, another episode of Cersei. It was a lot of fun. It's it good was. to have Ash back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can come back, right, Ash? Oh Me? man, the on-air strong arm. Nice job. <laughs> and it was like followed by silence. <laughs> it's like it's, like, it's like when people pro- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like when people propose at the sports stadium, and like know, you can I tell do. that the girl is just like, oh, I'm running I gotta away, say yes. crying up the stairs now. <laughs> <laughs> Shot down on the jumbotron. Ouch. <laughs> Yes, I would say so. yes to you at the Jumbotron lot. Don't oh, worry. okay. <laughs> that means she's coming back. Okay. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Have a good night, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.